Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dental Practice Heroes podcast. I got an interesting guest on today. He has been on the podcast in the past. I have Dr. David Esham. Welcome, David. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be back and glad to be involved. Yeah, and David reached out to me because he's got kind of a a special story or something that's timely, I guess. And I'll just let you tell this story, David. And we're going to talk about school loans, which may not be the most exciting topic for some who have already been through it, but should be very informative for people that, well, I'm just going to pass the mic to you, Dave. Why did this come up in your life right now? And why are you looking into learning more about how the school and student debt process works? Well, you know, I I think this could be for recent grads. It could be for people that are in dental school. It can be for parents who are thinking about helping their son or daughter in uh, with tuition and dental schools. And it was very, very enlightening to me. So my story goes that my son kind of shocked us while he was undergrad and, and told us he was wanted to go to dental school. And my wife and I talked about, you know, well, he's going to dental school. Uh, let's see how much it is. Found out it was expensive, as everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Let's see what we can plan to help him with his tuition and so forth. And But at the same time, we wanted him to have a stake in it, too. So we were trying to find out about student loans and what was available to him and then kind of help him get the best one so that, you know, he gets the loan, but he doesn't have to pay more than what he should. Mm -hmm. And so we ended up hiring a financial planner who specialized in student loans. I didn't even know they had those. (laughs) As I researched, I didn't either. So yeah, so they do have them. And so um, I sat down one morning with my son for an hour session with his financial planner. I found out that basically it doesn't matter what dental school you go to. If you're doing student loans with the federal student loans, you're going to pay the same tuition. So if you go to New York, NYU, which I think is one of the most expensive, or you go to USC here in California is one of the most expensive, or UOP, or you go to UCLA, you're going to be within about $40,000 of paying the same amount of tuition. Really? And, And that's what is so shocking to me that I didn't know that. And I went to dental school and I had a student loan. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the other people that I know didn't know that. It is very, very interesting. And so a lot of times, you know, you try to concentrate on, well, well, what is the interest rate? If I just get the best interest rate, then I'm good, right? In the longest term. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people think, oh, I need to pay it off as soon as possible. But really, that's not in your best interest in a lot of ways. And that there's a big difference between government student loans and private student loans. And so I'd like to go over that, you know, with the audience so that they can make the best decisions for themselves. Now, I, I have a question. You said the tuition is relatively the same for all the dental schools, or is that because of the way that you structure the student loan? The tuition isn't the same, but the amount you pay is oh. relatively the same, depending on which way you go with either private or federal student loan. Oh, I understand. Okay, okay. I just wanted right. to clarify that. But yeah, okay, yeah. Let's let's get into it. So what do we need to know? You know, usually the first thing you look for is the interest rate and how long you have to pay it back because you want to minimize your payments most of the time when you first graduate school. And so with private student loans, you're going to have higher, you'll have a lower interest rate, but you're going to have a higher payment, Mm -hmm. right? So that's a disadvantage. With a federal student loan, you'll probably have a little bit higher interest rate, but you're not going to have to pay back the whole loan unless you are making a ton of money in your career. And so that's the thing is that with federal student loans, you pay for the 20 years and you pay 10% of your income 
for that 20 years. And if your income doesn't reach a certain level at the end of your federal student loan, the balance of what you owe after 20 years is forgiven. Hmm. It goes away. Is that a W-2 income or is that your taxable like income that you actually put on your, your tax returns? Is that including all your income, like 1099, all this stuff or... Well, you know, it, if you're an associate, you know, it includes, you know, what they pay you. But if you're a practice owner, it's basically what you put on your income, your income tax form. So as a practice owner, as you know, there's a lot of gray area that is deductible versus non-deductible. So as a practice owner, you can minimize what your actual stated income is. And so that would minimize how much you pay on your student loans. But as an associate, you're going to get a whatever 1099 w2 whatever it is and that's it is what it is and so with my son we felt like his student loan was going to come to he was going to end up owing around six hundred thousand dollars okay by the time he graduates right Mm -hmm. and so when we did his whole statement of you know and figured out if he stayed with the federal student loan and he made an average of two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year which is a good income for mm-hmm. a dentist. The average is 150. Right. You know, you realize as you get older, you probably make more. Then he would still have $350,000 that he did not pay of the loan balance that he had. So $350,000 would be forgiven by the federal government. Now, is that only with a federal loan and you with a private loan that is not, you, there's no forgiveness? Correct. Okay. It's only with a federal loan. And that's the wonderful thing about our government. I know we complain about the government all the time, but in terms of student loans or dental student loans, especially where it's such a high expense to be educated, to have that forgiveness is huge. Mm-hmm. But the only little caveat about that 300000 that they're forgiving is that you do have to pay taxes on it. So they'll include that. So at the end of the 20 years, they have what they call is a tax bond. And so uh, the tax bomb, you need to be prepared for. But there's been a lot of discussions that they're going to forgive the, the tax bomb, too. Mm-hmm. But nobody has gone through that process yet. So it's not till 2032 that there will actually be some people coming up on that. Yeah. So as a parent, I don't want to help my son with his tuition because more than likely a lot of it's going to be forgiven. And so if I gave my son money for the tuition, lowered his student loan debt, I'm not really helping him because that debt would be forgiven at the end of the 20 years anyways. So we've chosen to kind of hold back and then help him in a different way outside his student loans. Right, right. Like help with like living expenses and stuff. Right. Gotcha. Now with both loans, there's no bankruptcy release. So if you file bankruptcy or whatever, you still owe this money, both in the federal and the private. But in the federal loan, there is a disabled, if you're disabled, there's a release. You can also get a forbearance. You also, for the last two years, the people that have taken out student loans haven't paid interest on it because the government has postponed it. They stopped it because of COVID. Yes, again, a reminder, there's a tax bomb. And so those are the huge things to keep you in the federal student loans. Now, what would be a reason that anyone would want to go a private way? Because they want to get rid of the loan. You know, everybody's taught, you know, get rid of your your debt as soon as possible. Right. And then that way you go to the private way because the interest rate is lower. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of this, you know, break even curve, you know, where you start making income 
a higher income and, a, and then you're paying a higher interest rate and then you can get a private loan, a lower interest rate. So you can, you know, at some point in your career, 10 years, maybe 10 years down, 12 years down, you might switch over to the private. But in the meantime, you want to stay in the federal to make sure you get to that income level where you're going to be paying more than if you took a private loan out. Now, if somebody had, I went to school, let's see, 2005 to 2009, and it sounds, I think this was like in 2010. When was this, this started? Or I think you said 2032 would be the first set of people. Is that correct? Yeah. So that's 12, I guess. When I was doing my loans, it was just like, let's, we didn't have choices. It was just like, this is the federal loan. I think there was a, Staffordshire and non-Staffordshire and a Perkins. And it was just like, they brought you these documents and you signed them and like Mm -hmm. money just appeared. And we're like, I don't even know what this is. (laughs) If somebody is still like maybe in dental school or just a few years out, is this something that you can, can you go from private back into federal or is this something that you have to kind of elect to do earlier? That's the big, big thing for everybody to understand. Once you go private, you cannot go back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you release all that great stuff that the federal government is is helping you with. You really want to make sure that you know your income is going to be three hundred fifty to four hundred thousand dollars for the rest of your career before you switch over. At least that's the number they gave my son. Right now, with interest rates changing, that number you know may be higher. I don't know. You know, it probably is affecting it, and so it's just really important to know that there's that federal forgiveness right and that that there's the disability clause in the federal loans and that uh, you only pay 10 percent of your income you don't have to pay with a private loan you're going to pay a much much higher monthly because they just divided by 20 with the interest and you're it's probably going to be 1500 to 2000 dollars or more higher than what your federal uh, payment would be down the road so that's really what I want the listeners to get to know. And so that's what's what's important. Now, a lot of, there's a lot of different details that can go into this. Like if you're married, it's not as common as not being married, right? Mm-hmm. If you're married, you know, your wife makes an income. And so that income, if you're filing together, is going to be 10% of that for you to pay. Mm-hmm. And so with the consulting that we have, they said, well, maybe you want to file separate income state separate income returns Mm -hmm. then that way they're only counting your income gotcha or if you're a practice owner you know you want to use all the tax benefits you can to minimize what your income is at the end so that your payment's the least at the end and i don't want the audience to think that i'm a financial planner and that i know this that you go on what i say but you can check this out with some resources i'll give you a little later and even a government resource but you want to pay what's right, but you don't want to pay more. And it's part of our government benefits, in my opinion. It's not something like we're cheating the government. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the moral of the story is borrow as much as you can from the government. I like that, yes. And pay the least that you can back and, to them. And then you know, have your income <laughs> be the least for as long as you can until it makes sense for you to switch to a lower interest rate loan. I understood, understood. Yeah. So then is this is kind of what tying back to what you said earlier that you know more or less you're going to pay the same tuition is because of just this this loan forgiveness that happens after 20 years. Right. So my son got into UCLA and he got into the University of Pacific. Mm-hmm. And I'm a University of Pacific alum. I was their alumni president, helped with the school, I 
develop fundraisers for them. I am a big alumni and I love UOP and I love the way I got taught there. So obviously in the back of my mind, my son's heard this all the time and I wanted him to go there. But my son's very commonsensical and money is a big deal to him. And so he knew the tuition was different. But after he learned, did this consultation and then he did his own calculations, that's where I get the $40,000. He calculated it was gonna cost him $40,000 over the three years at UOP more than it would the four years at UCLA. And for the right education in the right place and the right atmosphere, that $40,000 really wasn't an issue. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's crazy to think because I have a babysitter that sat at my kids for, I gosh, from when she was like 15 and now she's 22 and she's going to dental school next year. And she was asking my advice where to go. And my advice was like, I don't know, I'd probably go to the cheapest school you can find. Mm -hmm. The cheapest school that she could find was in Southern Illinois. And I don't know if they're, I mean, I'm just saying like around us here in the the Midwest, she didn't want to go too far. But then uh, she ended up going, she's going to Marquette. And she was like, I don't Mm -hmm. know, it's a little bit more tuition. And it's interesting to have this conversation with you because I didn't know any of this stuff. And, and that, that's always been my recommendation. Just go the cheapest place. You're going to get the same education everywhere, right. more or less. We know it's overpriced. So just save as much as you can there. One thing that you're saying the 20, 20 years that you pay it back is the normal amortization now, like a 20 year amort? Yeah, for sense? the federal, there's 20 and 25. Wow. Okay. But most people are going to be in the 20 because they're not going to grad school. If you go to grad school, you can go to the 25, 25 year amortization, but it's called income-based repayment. yeah, And then within that income-based repayment, it's called pay, pay pay as you earn. Mm -hmm. So that's what your payments are, pay as you earn. That's where the big thing is. And obviously not a lot of people know about it, but I think as Congress and all that gets word of 2032 coming and there's going to be some, a lot of people that are going, Hey, I owe this tax bond. You know, can you do something for me, Congressman? Yeah. You know, we're going to hear a lot more about it. But in the meantime, I think it's a once the people have their loans and it's fed, you can't change anything. Yeah. It's only after Congress does something to change it. So with my son, I didn't know where he was going to go. And on Christmas Day, he came and gave me a gift. And it was a box, you know, like mm-hmm. a shoe box. Opened the box and there was a littler box in it opened the box and it was a litter box in it. And like they went through that three or four times. And I finally opened the smallest little box and there's this folded up receipt. And I go, what kind of gift is this? Mm. <laughs> he goes, look at it. And I look at it and it's, it's a receipt for a deposit that he chose to go to EOP. Oh, man. And so it just like floored me that he made that decision because he hadn't told us that the whole time, uh-huh. what he was going to do. And right around Christmas time, he had to make that decision because both schools wanted to know. And so yeah. that was the thing. And and I felt so much better about him going there, knowing that he wasn't going to have to pay a lot more when it all comes down to it. Mm-hmm. That's the important thing. That's awesome. You think you guys are going to work together when he gets out? I hope to. You yeah. know, he's he's strong and, and smart and confident, as am I, I think. So as long as we can mesh our personalities, that's my absolute <laughs> goal, and I would absolutely love it. But I'll help him either way, but I still have some more years to practice here, so I, it's not like he's going to come in and I'm going to leave. But, you know, yeah. what, what a neat thing to have your son come into uh, the profession that you took on and, and him choose that on his own without any cohering. 
Yeah, it's so cool, man. And congratulations on that. That's got to be sure, awesome. Thanks. So anything else you want to add before we, we, we cut out tape here? Yes. One of the best resources I had and, and the financial consultants that I had was called studentloanplanners.com. And what is that? And they're the ones that offer these consultations. Like right now, I, I, I was just recently in there to, for this podcast. It's $350 to do a consultation. And then they'll put together the whole plan for you, ask you all the little details that need to know. And then you can know, you know, what interest rates would change your mind or not change your mind. And that, since that's a website, you know, it's it's reputable and they have a podcast. And that's a lot where I learn things, just like I learned things from you. They have a podcast that talks about it. And in their website, they have a blog that is specific for dental students. Oh, wow. That tells about dental student loans. So the other one that is verified, you know, that you can really depend on is a government website. It's called studentaid.gov. Mm-hmm. And they have a loan simulator and it will calculate what your payments will be and what your forgiveness possibly could be. Now, that one's a little trickier. You got to log in, you got to put it together account and all that stuff. But once you get through that, you'll, you'll get a loan simulation. Student Loan Planners also has a loan simulation area, too, that will help you. But they leave little things out in the website, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think is a little little tricky because they want to get consultations, but generally they're very, very reliable and they know the most about student loans and all the intricacies of it. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these are uh, big decisions and, um, I mean, somebody going into dental school, $350 is is probably a lot at that point going, you know, getting out of college, going straight to dental school. But it's not, I mean, this is something that you're going to be making a commitment to for multiple decades, so mm-hmm. why not go into it and have a little more knowledge about it and a little bit more comfort knowing that you're doing the right thing. So that's for sure. It'll, you know, it's like when we ha- are with our patients, we want to give them an awareness of the condition of their mouth and the consequences of not doing things. And then also the possibilities of being better. And so with knowledge, we know more. And I just want your audience to have this knowledge and spread it so that these dental students aren't overwhelmed. Yeah. You know, when they get out of school and they go, oh my God, you know, the first thing I need to do is make money. That's always their thoughts. I, I need to start making money, pay these loans. Well, there's a there's a little buffer for you. You know, it's 10%. So it's if you stay in federal loans. So that's that's the thing. Now I wonder, and I'm, I'm just curious, and you may not know this, but is is your loan repayment, is that tax deductible? Does that come off it of your... It is not. It is not. Neither private or federal, they, they are not tax deductible. And so you're paying this back with after-tax money. Wow, a lot has changed. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I must be getting older. Yeah, <laughs> it, but there's a lot of good, you know, to hear that, you know, I go crazy about how much taxes I pay. Yeah. But there's one little benefit I'm getting for my son, Yeah, you know, with, you know... <laughs> The taxes I pay, you know, and I, and I, I don't feel bad about it yeah. because it's totally legal, and that's the way the government set it up. So, yep, we don't make the rules; we just play yeah. by them, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, David, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing that information that you got. I know that's going to be pertinent for a lot of people. A lot of people are going to get out of that. Um, what were those websites? One more time. They are studentloanplanners.com, and they have the. Um, student loan calculator there too. And then there it is studentaid.gov is the main site. And then you look for the loan simulator. Awesome. But thank you so much, David. We really appreciate it. 